Good news, Jackson. What is it? Well, it's a Christmas miracle. Our last podcast was our best downloaded podcast ever. Oh, thank God, man! I have, I, I. It took me a long time. It took me a long time to do that, but now I'm free. I'm, I've got. I'm gonna play all the Yakuza games. I'm gonna finish the Zelda games. I'm gonna play the Sonic games. I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I've got well, a um, more shit. So, I thought about it, and I thought, instead of that, what if we actually just did a sequel with the rest of the games we liked in 2016? I mean, that's fine. You're editing that one. No, no, no. You're on break. I work, so it's it's on you. What, am I, what about all my Christmas plans? My Christmas miracle? What happened to my Christmas miracle? No, you don't- you, you, you have Boxing Day. You don't have real Christmas. <laughs> you- the Queen is so mad at you right now. That's fine. I've angered many queens before. Well, great. These scars long have yearned for your tender caress To bind our fortunes Damn what the stars are Rend my heart open Then your love profess A winding weaving fate to we both you flee my dream come the morning your scent berries tar lilac sweet to dream raven locks and twisted stormy of violet eyes glistening as you I will follow into the storm to find your heart, its passion displaced by our ever growing, hardening into stone amidst the cold to hold you in a heated embrace. You flee, my dream come the Scent berries tart, lilac sweet. To dream of raven locks and twisted stormy, of violet eyes glistening as you weep. I know not if fate would have us live as one, or if. Welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 58. This is our second music episode. I'm your host, M. With me is regular host, Jackson. Hello. And this is coming out, like, basically on New Year's Eve, so Happy New Year, Jackson. 
Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, as always, as always, not always, as last time we came in with a song. That song was Priscilla's song from Witcher 3 from uh, Marcin Prisbilowicz and Mikolai Stronsky. Uh, we got those names way better than the last Witcher in the last episode, which I'm pretty sure I butchered, even though I tried to sound it out about six times. It's true. Uh we're here for another music episode. We played so many games last year. Well, we have, you played a lot of games. You I, you contributed many songs to this. I contributed many songs to this, but I actually feel like this list has way more of your songs on it than the last one did. That yeah, that's because we moved the Sonic block. And guess who didn't <laughs> play any Sonic games this year? Uh, that would be me because <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, we're we're just gonna hop right into it. Uh, try to keep this about the same length as the last one. Who knows? Maybe it'll be worse. Uh, I don't know until the end. It's done. <laughs> it's lo- uh, longer is the term. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, thanks so much for everyone who downloaded and shared our last episode. I wasn't lying when I said it was our best downloaded episode. It was very yeah. uh, well received. Um, now, if only y'all could show up for every other episode, that'd be great. <laughs> I've been I've been saying that shaming you isn't going to work. But, uh, M refuses to listen. Uh, I mean, <laughs> M says it worked on you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, shaming Jackson works every time. <laughs> yep. So... We'll Why see. do you think Jackson's editing all these? It's because uh, <laughs> I edited for like um, three months. So. Yeah, no, I was I was moving, and now you get to cash that check in. Yep. Uh, so our first block of songs, we have the intro theme to The Wolf Among Us by Jared Emerson Johnson, and we have Gravitational Constant by Andreas Waldatoff from Stellaris. <laughs>
I love Mass Effect. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> That's mean. You know what's good? Mass Effect? <laughs> <laughs> no! Space is good. <laughs> now you get to keep this whole block if you want. <laughs> so we, we were like, yeah. So I guess I will keep that in and also reveal the backstory here is that I heard that Stellaris track and was like, this is just all of the space majesty of the Mass Effect music without the fact that they, uh, as that series went on, fucked up the tone of the visuals and the music and made it the most bullshit Hollywood type thing. It's just calm space majesty as you are, you know, doing uh, Space Crusader Kings or that game. Uh, it's, it's so good. I love that song. I love that song. It's, it's not Space Crusader Kings. It's more like Space Civilization, but sure. Space Europa Universalis. Yeah. Um... But now we're here to talk about a bit of the year in review real short. Uh, we're going to try not to make it super bleak because this has been a bad year for everybody, really. But we're talking about the podcast, so it's going to be a good conversation, right? Not at all bleak. Not at all like we like literally basically ended the podcast and then pulled back at the last minute. Yep, that did happen. Yep, if you've no. been paying attention to our fucking kayfabe story. <laughs> uh, I mean, like that's literally what we talk about in episode 50. Yep. Oh yeah, but in episode 49, you have like a fake Metal Gear monologue <laughs> about cancelling the podcast. Oh right, that's true. That's you, true. You did do that. Because you came at me with the idea to be uh, Ocelot, and I'll always show up to be Ocelot. Right, because yeah, episode 50 began with just uh, an unanswered ringing Skype noise fading yep. into nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we really did think about giving it up, and uh, that's just because it's a lot of work and a lot of stress. Like, the yes. idea of how to make this podcast, like, both good, but also, like, popular has killed us, and we still haven't figured it out because nobody listens. Uh. Yeah, it's the... it's uh, it, it was specifically... We were, like, doing a game club every month and arranging on our schedules. There's a lot of stress, like, not only in the doing it, but... I am a person who does things very quickly, but very last minute. <laughs> and I do everything six weeks ahead. So it's always a comedy of errors as you play the game and you're like, you're not going to fucking play the game. You're not going to fucking play the game. And then I'll play like three of the games I need to play in two days. Yep. Um, as much as uh, also part of it is like we've dropped back down to two hosts. And I think that like alleviated a lot of the stress because I felt like yep. I was hurting cats and I don't hurt cats as much anymore. Yeah. Which is hilarious because Destiny is going to be on at least two episodes in the next four months. So it's true. Yeah, but uh, that's different to like every month. Play the game. Play the game. Yeah. Like, yeah, for uh, sure. But uh, we, we 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 ended up not stopping because we were still playing the video games and talking about them. <laughs> yeah, and and remember when we were like, we're just gonna get rid of the game club, and then we have never not had a game club. <laughs> All right, I guess we did officially announce that. But why wouldn't we have a game club? <laughs> Yeah, no, like, the problem is, if we don't have a game club, there's no focus for us to talk about anything that we have in common, because left on devices, Jackson plays awful iOS trash, and I play JRPGs. That's not true. Sometimes I play JRPGs, too. Oh, no, I don't. I guess I haven't played a single JRPG since I started watching anime. <laughs> yeah, no, you replaced it with the true trash. I just got the, like, purified trash. You don't even get to see the numbers go up. What, do you, what <laughs> even is anime for if the numbers don't go up? You have watched an anime. You know the numbers still go up. <laughs> uh, do they? SSJ3. Yeah, but I don't watch that anime. I know. The numbers don't go up in K-On. That's true. That's true. The numbers well, we in Cowboy Bebop facilitate wildly as they end up broke every <laughs> other episode. <so. laughs> 
the good anime are the ones where the numbers don't go up. This is a joke, but also 100% true. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. But yeah, that's that's the year. I guess we're just like I have vague plans to relaunch the side of the other side of the site next year. Uh, that I want it to happen next month, but that's clearly not happening. I've got too much going on. Yeah, we're we're there are plans to change up how we do things like structurally. Uh, the podcast will probably remain very similar, but uh, it's it's mostly all be, on my it'll side. Be a bit. Yeah, because, it'll be a bit. Uh, I've I've got all these plans of stuff I want to do. I want to like start video stuff and uh, do other things. Uh, and you're like, I just want to keep doing the podcast, so that's not going to be affected. And it's all it's all on my end, which means it's less uh, waiting well, for each other. I'm stress. excited for the idea that at some point I might be paying less per month for the podcast. Yes. Oh, right, because that's also part of this. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a lot of structural backend stuff going on, so stick around for that, I guess. But it's yeah. going to be a good year, hopefully, where we'll only have minor times of canceling the podcast like usual oh yep. uh, yeah maybe you'll play games this year do you think I pl- maybe I, I i want to okay all right since we count december to december do you know how many games i've already played this year jackson do you want that number i can literally load up the spreadsheet and find out the number myself well the number is 83 games so far. <laughs> why uh well because i played a bunch of itchios uh, that's why. Mine is currently like seven, but I've I've played more. I just want to. I only put games in the spreadsheet when I'm like pretty much done with them. Yeah, no, no. I put them in when I'm like either done with them or like I know that I'm going to complete them. Mm-hmm. So like Gravity Rush Remastered is in there, and I'm only like a third of the way through that game, but I'm going to sit down and finish it. Yeah, there's weekend, a lot probably. of games I've started and messed about with, uh, but they don't count. Super Mario Run is in there because I played three levels and then deleted it off my phone, so I was done. Uh, I think I'm gonna buy and play Super Mario Run. No, someone should. That's fine. If you tell me it's like really good, then maybe I'll pick it up. But I don't think I'm gonna say that. I didn't really like it very much. I was like, I guess I'll play this. I don't. This is why. This is how this happens. (laughs) All right. Uh, let's get into our first big music segment. Uh, we have a bunch of Nintendo music for you today. Uh, and it's split up into like old Nintendo and new Nintendo. So we're gonna start with the old Nintendo. So, in our first block, we have the athletic theme from Super Mario World by Koji Kondo. A classic. Dark- yeah, no, it's really good. We have Dark World from Link to the Past, also by Koji Kondo. The only Link to the Past song that matters. That's No, there's a lot of Link to the Past songs that matter, but it's clearly the best song. It's the best song. We have Simon's Theme from Super Castlevania IV by Masanori Adachi and Taro Kudo. Yep. And then we have a Majora's Mask double feature, a Milk Bar, and Giant's Theme, both by Koji Kondo again. Jackson, you you should do you should play more Zelda. I I know it's on it's uh, on the list. Zelda and Sonic, the two franchises. <laughs> so please enjoy that and come back after that segment for the first bits of our favorite games of 2016. Thank you. 
Man, you know what's good? Nintendo music. Nintendo is good. Like, the sad truth is that Koji Kondo doesn't actually do that much music for, like, mainline Nintendo games anymore, but it's always really good. Yep. So. He's the Amano of Nintendo. Yeah. Uh... So we want to talk about our favorite 2016 games of 2016. Last time we gave you the list of our favorite old games, but we played games this that came out this year. Some, a few, a couple. In fact, we both, we both came up with top 10 lists and there were a couple overlaps. So we reduced them down a little bit, but we have 17. Yes, 17 of the best 2016 games that you could play. We do. In 2016. You could play them in 2017, I guess, because you're going to get this on the 30th, so maybe pick them up next year. They're all good games. <laughs> yeah. First off, we have the game that we'll get to it at the end of this episode, but it's going to be part of our game club for next month. It is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Jackson, you started Rise of the Tomb Raider just yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I started. I mean, I climbed a bit of a mountain, but it was really good. It was a really good yeah. mountain. Uh, I have gone on record, and Jackson has gone on record, and we'll go on record again in January, talk about how fucking terrible the Tomb Raider reboot from 2013 is. Rise of the Tomb Raider managed to fix most of all those problems and make a game that is actually really good and, like, iterates on Uncharted-style games and Tomb Raider-style games in a way that feels really unique to it. Uh, and I love it a whole lot. Like, I don't want to get too into it, because we're going to yeah. talk about it a lot, but it was a great game, and uh, the PC version totally came out this year. So did the PS4 version. So it counts. It counts. Fuck you, it counts. I mean, it is not the only old game on this list. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's a couple. Okay. Uh, next, we have Uncharted 4, which is a game you intend to play soonish. Yeah, I want to play it before we talk about Rise of Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah. Um, Uncharted 4 manages to take all of the things I liked about Uncharted 3 and, like, strip out the part where sometimes it's still Uncharted 2 and, like, is a much slower, quieter, more thoughtful version of Uncharted. I think its storytelling is, like, the best that the series has ever seen. Uh, it, it very much shows that this is the post-Last of Us game, uh, and that stuff creeps in around the edges in ways that I like a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that they're basically done with this version of Uncharted. Um, but it went out really well. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things. Our next game, Jackson, you should talk about. It is Firewatch, uh, which is Campo Santo's first video game, and it is the story of Henry in the tower watching fires. That's exactly what you do in that game. It's great. I love it so much. You observe Uh, a fire or two. (laughs) You watch a fire sometimes. Uh, It is just a really smart uh adult kind of like confident storytelling like it's still uh it's still a work of just ridiculous genre fiction but in a way that video games never actually do no it's it's like genre in the way that like literary fiction dabbles in genre yeah it's it's a it's a like it's still pulp and it's still like not serious hashtag storytelling whatever uh even though it is that but it just it's just working in ridiculous genres and that's why everyone is mad about it because they've never fucking read a book yep uh but it's good i like it so much yeah the also there's the amazing there's the part where you're like walking for a through a beautiful kind of abstracted forest and that stuff's great yeah they they made all the good parts of walking around far cry 2 without having to actually play far cry 2 in 2016 yeah, no, that's nice because I like I appreciate Far Cry Two, but I don't enjoy it anymore. No, games for a lot of reasons. More reasons than just its mechanics, but yeah, yes. there's a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons, but uh, it's so good, so good. 
Texan, this next segment is your fault, so maybe you should introduce it. So once upon a time... <laughs> once upon a time, there was a man called Mario, and then there was another man called Alex Kidd, and he was not good enough to fight Mario. <laughs> so they kicked him off a cliff, and they brought in a hedgehog called Sonic. I guess Alex Kidd is also not a man, but... Uh... I played I played all the 2D Sonics this year and Sonic Adventure, uh, and I was gonna. You, did, you played all of the old 2D Sonics. Yes, I played year. I played the Sonic the mainline Sonic games up to Adventure. So I played one, two, three CD and Adventure, uh, in like a blitz, and yep. uh, I meant to keep going, but the <laughs> fucking alternate routes of Adventure killed me. So I still haven't done blitz like the cat. <laughs> I'm talking here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> also, um, I like how barely you squeaked by a like vaguely passable American accent. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be like bad on purpose, but it wasn't exaggerated enough. <laughs> so I like fucked it up on two levels at once. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I have a lot of affection for Sonic, considering I played it uh, basically free of the narrative of this is what sonic should be uh like i think two and cd are the best games i don't like three at all i don't like one very much uh, i like adventure a whole bunch when you're playing it as sonic but then the other routes are a war crime that no one should be forced to suffer yeah um i don't know if we'll ever actually talk about sonic in this way so uh amr got really mad at uh me specifically on twitter for saying that sonic is bad and this is entirely rooted in the fact that when I grew up, everyone had Super Nintendos, and like the one kid who had a Genesis was like a weirdo that nobody liked because he had a Genesis. It's me. And I've pl- like I played a l- very little bit of Sonic in that, but I mostly played Sonic well after the fact. And because my frame of reference is so locked in Nintendo, like the classic Sonic games just look and sound and feel really wrong to what I think 2D games should be. Um, like there are Genesis games I like, but it's hard for me to look at Sonic and say like, this is like Mario, but no one understood what was good about Mario. Uh, and so it's like, I, I dislike the original Sonic games, but I really like Sonic Adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, Sonic 1's hilarious in the you play it and you're like, this is almost there. It's like, it, they don't haven't figured out how to play video games, but for something made in 1987, it's fine. And then you realize this like came out after Mario World and suddenly you're like, well, how did Sega ever get away with this? How did like they get yeah, to no. make more of these games? That's the thing. Like I played Sonic the Hedgehog as in the time frame where it was like, this is better than Mario World because he's got attitude and you go fast. And you don't actually go much faster than Mario does, one, and two... It was ugly and gross, so... But, yeah, so I will continue the Sonic journey. I have uh, Sonic Adventure 2 and Heroes installed next year, so look forward to those. So I assume that means that in June we will hear Escape from the City. But today we will hear uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 1's entry is Starlight Zone uh, by uh, Masato Nakamura. Uh, Also by Masato Nakamura is the Metropolis Zone theme from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And then... The true hit from Sonic CD is Stardust Speedway Zone, bad future version, US soundtrack only by Spencer Nelson, David Young, and Mark Crew. The uh, US soundtrack for Sonic CD is so good. It's fucking beautiful. I love it so much. And uh, Sonic Adventure, the track I've chosen is Azir Blue World by June Senoe, Fumi uh, Kumitani, Kenichi Tokoi, and... uh, Masaru uh, Setsumaru. Uh, there you go. That's my very British accent for these very Japanese names. You know, you did better than I thought you would. I know. 
almost like it was perfect and I didn't have to edit anything out. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy the Sonic music and we'll be back with more games after this.
<laughs> only bought Sword 1. The rest are fine. Yeah, no, I know. Well, now with Sega Trash out of the way, let's talk about some good video games, Jackson. Uh-huh. The best 2016 video games include Jonathan Blow's The Witness. Yes, they do. They do. I Which know. is a game I feel like at one point you absolutely hated. Hmm. Maybe? Like, yes. It's, no, I remember why. It's because I, like, I was the person who, in January... Like played that game and played the game and played the game and tried to finish it, which is not what you like. The Witness is a puzzle book of a game. Yep, I still haven't beaten The Witness. I just watched the ending and then I was like, I'll go uh, solve some puzzles every once in a while. Yeah, like the big complaint was everyone rushed to finish it in January and then they got to the ending and the ending was just nothing. Uh, yeah, because that's like I appreciate the honesty of that game that it exists for the puzzles. Um, like there's a lot of complaints about the way like that game's philosophy, and I would agree with a lot of them, but I. I don't think it is as hostile as it seems, like as as it can be if you approach it in the I have to beat this way. Like if you just take it as it's a puzzle book, but it looks nice and you can walk around the world, it, that's it's very good. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we played a little bit of that uh, over Skype screen share. Uh, yeah. Which was great fun, just wandering around talking while I solved puzzles, which that we is, should go back to because it was a great way to play that game. The best co-op game. Get a friend, yeah. sit and on the couch and play The Witness, or just share over Skype like we did. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, and then we have two games that I have barely seen and definitely didn't play. So, Jackson, this is all on you. We have Bullet Hell Monday, which is a game from a Japanese indie dev, uh, Masayuki Ito. And it's a iOS... Uh, What's the word? Shoot, shoot em up, shoot em up, shmup, shmup as they are known. Bullet, it's in the fucking name, Jackson. Bullet hell game. Bullet hell is a subgenre of shmup. I like, know I, this. I get the argument to make it shooter, but I, I like look, it's taken. I'm sorry, we, but it we got lost the fight. We yeah. lost the fight. Yeah. yeah. And it's great. Uh, it is. Uh, there's a lot of shooters on uh, iOS. I haven't played it in any of the like cave ports. Apparently, they're really good. Um, but this is one the 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 progression of the levels uh, and the stuff that is hooked into some of the free to play things. I paid like three bucks or whatever it is, and then it they have designed a progression like it's an actual video game that doesn't require any bullshit, and it feels very consistent. And there's a good flow to it, and the visual design and music is crazy because it's just ridiculous. Like you'll shoot at a big ship, and then it'll go to negative space for a while, and all the colors will reverse, and then you'll come out of that, and then it'll be green. And like it's just one of those games, and it's very good at being that, and it translates very well to iOS. I didn't know if I assume that all of these shooters are like this, and that the way you control with your finger is very smart. Uh, but I'm glad that that's the genre that lives on on people's yeah. phones. Yeah. And then we have Heart and Slash, which is a roguelike Devil May Cry, basically. Uh, I never finished it because imagine finish, like playing a roguelike to finish it. That sounds like hell. Uh, but as a, I load it up and play 20 minutes of uh, uh, some Devil May Cry character action game. It is great. And the music that, the music that was in the last episode, which is the main track that plays while you're in the facility that you're uh, breaking out of in that game, uh, is great. It's got this very cool design. It's basically janky and unfinished in the way that uh, shows that so much of character action game design is in the polish and in the animation. And there's not enough time to do that when you're a tiny team. But for being a tiny team, making this janky 
uh, like translation of those kind of ideas into something that is uh, sustainable for that level, it is surprisingly effective and I like it a lot. I'm glad it exists. My takes. Those are my takes. I still don't even know what that game looks like. I should watch a video of it at some point. You should watch the quick look. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that they did a quick look. Sure. That's where I, that's where I discovered it. 2017 resolution. Watch more quick looks. I think. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we have a block of Nintendo games. This is the block of modern Nintendo, which means this is the fucking smooth jazz, smooth jazz hour. Smooth jazz power hour. Here we go. We have, to start off, Claw Daddy Beach from Yoshi's Woolly World by Tomoya Tomita and Misaki Asada. We have Kirby's Planet Robobots Float Islands, a blue lab area by Hirozaku Ando. We have Dongan Country Tropical Freeze's Mangrove Cove by David Weiss and Kenji Yamamoto. Um, we also have Picross 3D Round 2, Track 2, Megumi Ohara, Hirozaku Ando, and Shogo Sakai. Please enjoy... Uh, have yourself a cup of coffee, a cup of joe, sit down and listen to the smooth tunes of Nintendo.
enough about it's time for the best game of 2016. <laughs> I couldn't put this... Look, there was a moment where this game was on my worst games of 2016 list, but then I was, was like, I can't pick on this game for just being a thing I have, like, one pro- like one particular, like, pet peeve with that, like, totally broke it for me. It's fine. This game's fine. Chameleon Run is a game on the iOS, because all I did for four months was play iOS games, uh, where you are jumping and running, but it's got an Ikaruga-type uh, like color system, where if the surface is pink, you have to be pink. If the surface is orange, you have to be orange. And you switch between the two, and that's, that's the whole game. And I like it because, uh, unlike most runners, it isn't like randomly generated or endless. So it is these really cool mechanics with this very like the level design is specific and precise and every level like is a puzzle that you have to solve in terms of how you approach it and there's like multiple ways to approach it i wish it doled them out like slightly differently because uh, each time you have to complete it and then you unlock the next route and then you unlock the third route and you have to you you can't really complete the second route until you've done the third one in terms of the, the like objectives of the level um so it's very rigid in how it makes you approach all the levels kind of actually like super mario won't run weirdly Yep. Uh, there's also the points. thing where you have to go through the level and then you have to wait for the status screen and then you have to click retry like they didn't expect you to just play the second challenge and then it tells you oh you unlocked the third one this time you can't what is it you can't change color is that always the third last third yeah, one that's the, that's the third yeah one. and it always tells you hey this time you have to do it without changing color and i'm like yes i know i played these tw- a dozen times before but you have to click through and you have to reload it if this game had had an option where you could just like give me all three challenges in a row every time i load into a level this like i wouldn't have any problem with this game it's a moment to breathe after the intensity of the levels. It's not, it's not that hard of a game. It's not that you, hard of a game. Did you beat it? Uh, I got very, very close. Okay. I, I uh, basically ended up getting fed up. I was like, I'm tired of doing this. And deleted it. Because I, I beat all the challenges, but it took me like the those last ones, it gets real tough. Uh, it's I, really- like, I, like, no challenge took me more than three tries. So okay, well maybe it's just you're too good at platformers. Yeah, like, like I know that's part of it. Like I'm really good at platformers. It's the one genre I'm good at. Because uh, for me, it was all well, the the way that the the spikes of the levels worked, which was actually really cool. Was the there were spikes, but they were mostly early on, and then once I got like once I got used to the mechanics, I could just sight read levels, and that was always a good feeling. Uh, rather than having to learn them as specific things, and that was always like the third challenge would be that. But anyway. Uh, we decided to bump that fight. Instead, we had a Metal Gear Rising fight because that's a bigger fight. <laughs> yeah, like at the end of the day, I'm not here to pick on a dumb iOS game that I like had a problem with. Yep. Uh, uh, but you are here to talk about Oxenfree. Yes. Um, Oxenfree is a adventure exploration horror game, kind of. But like, forget everything you think of when you think of those things. Uh, it is a 2D. <laughs> Uh, like drawn art, uh, like walk around and talk to people game that has like a branching conversation tree that flows really naturally. It's like a almost like an iteration on the Telltale style, but like conversations just pop up naturally and you can interrupt anyone at any time. Uh, and sometimes it's fine to just let the time run out and let people talk. Like you don't have to respond to everything. It's like a bunch of kids that go on this deserted. It's not deserted as in like no one lives there. It's like it, it's like. Uh, an island for like tourists and it's like the off season so no one's there and you're there at night uh and there's like a ghost story but it's not it's not spooky in the way that like a horror game is where there's jump scares it just has the kind of like sad creepiness of like a good 
like spooky novel um like it's nothing that would keep you up at night but the story it tells is like really melancholy and really interesting uh, i liked it a lot it was a game i played way after the conversation that happened uh just like a couple weeks ago but uh it's really good if you like if you like adventure style games that are like no puzzles just conversations if you want a horror game that isn't actually scary but has like good genre elements to it like this is a game i highly recommend uh, I'm going to bring the conversation up and force you to do a hot take. Is everyone complaining over bullshit when they say the, uh, that the like structure of that game means that it feels like it skips out an hour in the middle? I didn't know that was a thing people said. People are like, it's, it's good, and then it just kind of rushes to the ending without building up the characters enough. Mm, like... Every, like as like every time a plot element happens like the clock advances by an hour and okay. there's a real sense in that game that the characters have themselves where like you had this night that you had with these friends where you were like I wanted to achieve like this interpersonal like moment because we're all like about to graduate high school and like drift apart and I need to like capture onto something and you feel time slipping away and you always feel like if I had more time I could achieve more things but I think the idea that you can't do that is really like endemic to the kind of story they're telling Okay, because the story cool. is so much about like regrets and trying to make the best of what you have and not what you want to have. Same. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think you would actually like this game a lot. Uh, yeah. No, I bet in January I'd have hated it because I was in my depressive times. But uh, I feel like I've well, not hated. You know what I mean? I feel like this. I am now the human who would really appreciate these stories. Yeah. Uh, speaking of games, some people really hate. I guess because I didn't know anyone hated Oxenfree. Uh, no one hated it. This was just like okay. a problem people had with it. It was like the main criticism I saw. I wanted to know if that was a thing. In Under the Wire, the last 2016 game, The Last Guardian. I hate you so much. Why are we? Di- why didn't we cancel the podcast? <laughs> because we have fun and people like us. Some people like us. Very few people like us, but the ones who do seem to like us quite a bit. Okay. Last Talk Guardian. about your your cat dog now. Go on. So. I never really gelled with Team Eco games. Uh, like, I find uh, Eco itself really obtuse and slow, and Shadow Colossus is, like, a really good, like, hour and a half. Like, you get to, like, Colossus 3, and I'm like, man, am I just going to climb this thing and stab it again? And the answer yes. is yes. Like, that's what the <laughs> game is. <laughs> but, like, the part where you're, like, endlessly riding your horse to get there, and then it's kind of just the same thing over and over again with a couple twists. Like, I get it. It's majestic, but I get it. Uh... Last Guardian, on the other hand, by giving you, like, the most majestic but stupid animal that you have to basically train and cajole and comfort and care for, like, allows me to invest in something in a way that, like, really drives forward. Like, even when the game is like, ah, this puzzle kind of sucks or this camera is bad, because the camera is really bad. Um... You still, it's like, oh, I gotta go play with my buddy Trico. Gotta make sure that they're alright, they get fed, that I clean their... Uh, feathers when they're injured. I don't want blood on my Trico. Gotta clean it off. Uh, and so that stuff really like allows the game like the space to like have you invest in it, even if it's still just another Team Eco game, for better or worse. And people like that stuff more than me. But uh, this uh, this just really worked for me in a way that was really surprising because uh, I kind of got this on a lark because I don't normally buy new games, but uh, it was one of those games where like you were always like oh if you avoid the conversation for two weeks you won't care anymore and this one got me it's like the one game this year that got me so yeah uh peter mullen eat your heart out <laughs> look no one is ever able to do a dog in a game again because <laughs> this whole game is basically like sacrificed on the altar of we're going to do the best dog and they did they did it yep well done yeah uh 
Also under the wire, from the complete other direction, uh, is... Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. I played play some of them for playing the game. So, Jackson... I've <laughs> been playing a lot of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and I've not finished it, because I didn't want to rush Tell to finish it for this. Tell me about Amuro Ray versus Char Aznabal. I don't know who any of these characters are, but so, so Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is the best Call of Duty game by a mile, but that's not necessarily a huge compliment. Uh, in in the so by making the campaign, um, like for the most part, it starts off as a Call of Duty campaign, but it explicitly positions you as the captain of this ship, and the missions are designed around that. In that, there's a lot of stealth things that are clearly delineated actual challenges of stealth and not just follow the guy in front of you like they have finally figured out how to design a shooter level uh there's lots of zero g bits there's uh lots of uh space combat so it just adds to things that aren't call of duty and thus makes it good uh, and the only player is still what it has been forever and that's fine i enjoy it uh every every four years i get really into it again and it's weird it's like going home to but like to a gross part of myself but one that i also have a lot of fondness for because i would hang out with my shitty high school buddies and play a lot of modern warfare 3 uh and it's it's a weird thing to revisit because i have a lot of fondness for it and obviously i enjoy it a lot but I, I didn't like who i was then i don't know it's weird it's a game that's got a lot of uh brought up a lot of feelings in me but i think it's uh uh good like the easily the best one of these it's very fun i wouldn't call it like a work of art masterpiece whatever i don't know because uh, every time i play it and tell you the story thing you just yell at me uh, so loud I can hear you, not even over Skype, that I need to watch Gundam. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not yelling. You just tell me these things, you're like, oh, this thing's cool, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Like, you should watch Gundam, because it well, does that better. I, I don't even say it's cool, I'm like, it's close enough that I'm getting frustrated, because I can't tell how much of the game is, like, legitimately good, or if I am just fucking sucker for space procedural aesthetic. Because uh, one of the things I do really like about the game is that every mission, you get assigned your mission, then you have to walk out of the bridge, and you have to walk down to the armory, you have to walk into your ship, you have to talk to the engineer person, and it takes forever. It takes about three minutes every time you do a mission. And this is the first Call of Duty game that has focused on the actual humanity and labor that goes into the fucking war machine that you control that is the fantasy. Like, all the Call of Duty games, the fantasy is, I can call in this massive helicopter at any time, but now that helicopter is, like, piloted by a dude who you know, and it is maintained by a dude that you know. And there's also a lady who you know who is doing that, like, and and I think that's really smart for its storytelling. Uh, but then I, like, be say, oh, this captain is the captain now, and he's, he's like, you can't be a captain and let anyone die, and everyone's like, you're an idiot and it's the basic 101 moral dilemma of war storytelling and you just go you should watch Gundam. <laughs> uh but that's 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 i talked too long for call of duty let's move on all right let's move on so our next set of games that we have songs for we have courtesy from super hexagon uh by Chipzone. We have Wave 131 from Streets of Rage 2. I have three in this document. That is not I was going to say, I was like, you have not played Streets of Rage 3 because they haven't put it out where the good good uh, Genesis games go. Uh, by Yuzo Koshiro. Uh, I mean, look, like we could do an entire podcast just full of Yuzo Koshiro songs, and it would be the best podcast we would ever have. That's very uh, true. And then we have Road from Thumper by Brian Gibson. Thumper, we might talk about uh, in two breaks. So please enjoy that. Is that the Thumper noise? Yes. Okay. It's really not. (laughs) 
Man, I should really go finish Thumper. That's what I should do. Yeah. And strong. You, you told me that it. Yeah, you told me that the ending is something else, and I. I imagine it's like still Thumper, but like it's, I could imagine that being really. The amount intense. of time that has passed with you, like it's not that different. Like it's fine. Okay. Like, it was really cool in the moment of this is the way to end it with these mechanics, but it's it's not actually a huge revelation. Yeah, I intend to finish itself. it. I just yeah. like I fell off because something else happened and I never got back to it. And it, well, no, because you tried and then you were like, oh, oh, oh no, wait, <laughs> I know what happened. Final Fantasy VI and the election happened. <laughs> we had a fucking weird 2016 yeah i know uh but yeah okay let's go uh so back to our favorite games we have inside which is a miracle that this belongs on here uh because i personally jackson you never played limbo right no i played about 45 minutes of it this year to be like let's see okay. how limbo is and then just ran away turned off my computer threw it throw it in a river and quit video games forever because it was garbage I bought Limbo the week it came out because everyone was going crazy for it, and I think that game is hot trash. But Inside is actually good. It is, like, the puzzles are much more approachable and much less physics-y. I think those two things have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someday we'll play a game that's like a physics puzzle game, and I will just rail for hours about how much I hate physics puzzles. Um, I mean, we never know we won't because it's not like we're ever going to play a 2005 shooter. You're going to be like, let's play Half-Life, and I will play it, and I'll be like, fucking, fucking Half-Life. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, Inside, however, is really good. Uh, I like its aesthetic. I like its, like, environmental storytelling in the background of all those, like, people and the factories and the little kid and his dad who have come to pick out a weird homunculus to take home. And, uh, and it's beautiful, rapturous, amazing ending. Uh, it's the... Is it the which, best ending of 2016? I don't know. Yeah, like, like we're pretty, like, uh, laissez-faire about spoilers on a normal we're just gonna, We, we have to talk about the end of Inside. No, no, no. Like, inside. Inside's the one thing I don't... I still kind of don't okay. want to talk about if you haven't seen it. Uh, fair enough. I'll talk I about it on Twitter, but, like, on this podcast, I know there's people who listen to this podcast who've probably never heard of Inside. You should pick up Inside. It's available right. for everything, I think. You should play Inside. Yeah. It's, it's short. You can, play it, you can play it in an afternoon. Yep. Jackson, tell me about... Persona, but not Persona. Well, as you can see, the next two games on this list <laughs> set up somewhat of a fucking rivalry. <laughs> oh, I get. You know what? It's at the point now where I don't even think of those things as the same thing anymore. They're not. They're not even close to the same thing because uh, I, 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 another game I didn't finish because life happened, and I, you know, once you once you fall off thirty hours into a JRPG, you can't just go back. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is how I, this is how every Final Fantasy, like, 4 and 6, I had always gotten to the final dungeon and then bounced off and never finished it. Yep. But Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, the uh, fourth in the Digimon Story series, the third one to make its way over to the West, PS4 and Vita, is fucking great. And by great, I mean, if you like a JRPG that has had a budget of about six pence, but also really, really wants to be Persona, you could do a lot worse. And uh, it just has like really, I'm gonna, I'm, I think I have to talk about what I really enjoy about it, which is the nerdiest awful shit in that what it does to Digimon lore is crazy. It's what? crazy. Just tell me about it, because I, I actually don't remember. So. In the, in the, so Digimon obviously is a ridiculous, uh, you know, there's the Digimon, they're the champions, 
what have you and that's where series one was and every time they've like gone back to it they have added like layers of bullshit across different universes so like no no digimon thing is in the same universe as the other one but the lore always stacks so they introduce the royal knights and everything going forward always has the royal knights stuff like that uh and in this one it is set basically inside a version that, like they they saw the digital movie that the bit that everyone liked where there's the weird internet and we're like we're making that into a game and you you go into the internet and then you as a human get deleted and you become a digital human ghost in the real world uh, i never found out what was up with that and then like digimon have come from another place but everyone thinks they're just programs and also they've started collecting humans like it starts arguing that there's prob like what if humans digimons were just equals and it went the other way <laughs> uh and then like it just turns into shimigami tensei because um there's lots of little side stories where you investigate just weird uh ethereal shit like there is a story where there's a ghost in in your apartment building and you have to find what it is and what it is is uh there is a local area network that has been inside an air conditioner since the 80s and has never been updated and a digimon has been trapped in there for 35 years and has gone insane uh and obviously they become your buddy afterwards but like just weird shit like that, that they do with the uh concept which totally comes from them wanting to be persona so hard uh but it leads to some interesting things um uh also, the uh, environment are very good because it's uh, like, hey, you're in Tokyo. It's just weird, low-budget Yakuza. It's good. It's a good game. Um, the rivalry Jackson spoke about, which <laughs> does not, not actually exist, is <laughs> Could you in think my of next... two things that have gone in two more different directions? Is in my pick, which is Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, I'm speaking specifically of Sun, but whatever. Those are the same games still. Uh Pokemon's 20th anniversary game, basically, uh, manages to become, like, an actual video game with, like, a story once, finally. It took two decades, but they did it. Uh, Pokemon Sun is, like, really fun and feels much smaller than, like, XY, which is the last Pokemon game I played. But, like, in that, there's, like, storytelling and intimacy. One of my friends uh, told me that it it's, like, the first game that feels like an, like the anime, like, in terms of, like, actually telling stories and with characters you care about. Uh, and yeah, 100%. Pokemon Sun is really cool. It's really colorful. It has like some of my favorite goofy Pokemon that have ever existed in this generation. Yep. Um, and the story it tells of like, here's this island that like everyone tourists at from the other islands and it wants to like create its own identity. Like the main thrust of you going around the like islands is that basically the professor is putting together the Pokemon League of this island because he's like, if we have a Pokemon League, we can compete with all the other regions. Uh, and this idea of like, almost like this like regional pride in through the lens of like this Hawaiian place is like really interesting to me. Uh, I'm amazed there are not more think pieces about it because Hawaii is like a weird political place to begin with. And uh, I feel like the people who made Pokemon maybe knew some of that probably because uh, Japan basically goes to Hawaii as often as America does. Uh, I 100% know that they did. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and I really like it. I, like, I thought I was done with Pokemon, and I'm not, like, gonna get deep into Pokemon, but Pokemon Sun is really good. Yeah, no, uh, the, the episode two of this very podcast is when I basically break Pokemon for you. Yeah. And it's, it was, I felt guilty, and it was very bad. Uh, I mean, it's a good discussion, but it goes badly in terms of, like, coming off of Pokemon Y. I don't think that's a very good game. Um, 
and I I have gone back to Fire Red uh, and have been enjoying it quite a bit. You've been playing Sun and liking that, so we, we, Pokemon, it's good. Get you some. Yeah. Our next set of songs is, first off, The Shard from Mirror's Edge Catalyst by Solar Fields. Yes. Uh, Blueprint for a Slow Machine from No Man's Sky by 65 Days of Static. Yes. And Rock is Sponge from Res by Jojoka. Please enjoy all of this a bleep and bloop.
coming back from the bleeps and the bloops, it is time to talk about the best game of 2016. Uh, I mean, mine's in here, but it's not until two down, so, you know. The best game of 2016 is Thumper. It is perfect. I can't. I don't even know what to say about Thumper because it is such a game like that has been made for me, and even then, only half kind of because the things they have like added to it in the director's cut make it a lot worse to me. Um, but it is this game in which you uh, head down this big track as a space beetle, and you have to do things in time with the music. It's a rhythm game, and uh, it is all rhythm all the time, and it's all time signatures and uh, moving in time with the beat. And there's no like you don't have to do any like following of a melody. There barely is a melody. It's all just rhythm and feel. And when you are playing it, and when you have got into the zone of you are just hitting the beats. It is amazing. No, no game feels better than when you are five levels deep into Thumper without having uh, Mr. B. Uh, and you're just, like, the music and you are one and the same, and you are the bug. You are the beetle. Space. It's so good. I love it so much. And then they've added stuff like, now the, the extra hard mode means if you fail, you go back to the beginning, which, no! I thought when I started playing it, that game was going to be something I wanted to, like, perfect scores on, but it's actually not a score game at all. It is all experiential. It is all, I want to keep going through the thumper. I want to continue thumping. I don't want to perfect perfect my thumping. I just want to treat it in, like, it's, it's actually very similar to Burnout Paradise is a game I would compare it to. And the uh, missing, like, crashing in thumper feels exactly like crashing does in Burnout when you're going at top speed. That's my take the hot take uh on the opposite side of music that you just get lost in video games i have yep. res infinite um res is an old game for sure but res is like the one game i was like oh you know if you have a 360 it's like one of the reasons i haven't thrown my 360 in the garbage there's like four games that that's true for and res is one of them but now it's been freed you get res infinite it plays it looks better uh you get like a new area and res is just the greatest game it's it's like a really easy on rails kind of shooter but the thing that matters there is that like in the playing and like the sound you can just get lost in it it's a game that i find myself like sitting like while i'm sitting i like dance to and i love that that's like the way i feel when i play it um, yeah res is super cool i uh, like it a lot i don't know um it's hard to explain res uh i think it was the most recent um waypoint radio that patrick talked about playing res for the first time and he was like it's really hard to like have an opinion on a game where like people talk about it as like a life-changing experience because it's like either it gets you or it doesn't and if it's gonna get you it'll get you and if it doesn't it's just like it's a fun game but man res is like a hundred percent my thing yeah, I played Res for the first time. I think end of last year must have been, because mm. um, it was on it was it was on three sixty, uh, and I didn't. I, it wasn't like life changing, but I I did like it a lot. Like Thumper's clearly more my speed of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but man, when you don't notice that the they've been adding tracks for like six uh, like times of going through like every time a new bit of the music comes in and you just feel it the totality of how much has changed you know my my whole thing is like i'll play that game and then when you load up when you get to like the next dive where you go into the next like part of the stage like there's just a moment where like it's flying around and the music like does its loop again and I, that's the part where i just like am dancing while holding the controller it's my favorite thing in the world yeah no one's head is not moving yeah it's so good uh next is my last entry on this list uh 
it is the game super hot uh i don't even remember what we did two weeks ago jackson did i put this game on my most disappointing list yes you did okay so uh, I will. But, I will just basically be quiet while you talk about this. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we had this discussion. Yeah, no. Like uh, I said, I, I said my piece. Like I didn't even think it was bad. I just like was expecting something that this game wasn't. Yep. Uh, I I think it's very cool. I think that if you if you have played the demo that they put out years ago, you know everything that's good about Superhot. Uh, I don't think it particularly expands on. I wouldn't say it's towards the top of my list or anything. Uh, but the core idea of you are in a slow motion action sequence and you have to learn the moves in order to perform uh, the correct things to kill everyone is is fantastic and I, uh, I, I, I think it feels really good uh, I think it looks beautiful the sound effects of people crashing around um, when when they get shot or get hit with a sword is excellent I don't quite know if they know what game they have because some of the directions it goes in later levels where it's just big arenas that feel near random in terms of how like the, the way it's good it is moments like you're in the lift and you have to uh, move immediately to the left to avoid getting shot because they're right in your face and when it's bad it is the uh things that feel like experiments for the endless mode where it's just dudes coming out and you have to shoot as many dudes as you can because there's so many dudes have um, you have you watched anyone play the game in vr yes Okay, like, as much as I don't like that game, I feel like when I look at someone playing it in VR, I realize what the appeal of that game is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not surprised that they immediately did the VR version. I'm, I'll never play it, because I'll never go to VR. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, it, like, I would go to a place that had, if that was, like, at a bar, if I had went to one of those video game bars and could play it, I would go there. But I don't. So I'll never experience Superhot VR, but it looks also good. So it just turned out that my last game is my favorite game of 2016. What was your favorite game? Did you have one? You're Thumper. gonna remember them. Okay, Thumper. Okay, Thumper. good. I'm glad you put it at the end then. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. I I didn't really do this on purpose, but then I very quickly went to spreadsheet. Ah, do Superhot before you do Stardew Valley. By the way, I spoiled it. It's Stardew Valley. <laughs> yes, my favorite game of 2016 is Stardew Valley. I have never played. Uh, What's it Harvest, Moon. Uh, Harvest Moon. Story um, of Seasons. I any of them. I really like Animal Crossing. Um, my partner Destiny, who used to co-host on this podcast, and it shows up from time to time, uh, has always been a huge uh, Harvest Moon fan, and so she was very excited for Stardew Valley. And I picked it up when she said it was good, and I watched the quick look. I'm like, this looks fun enough. I'll play this, and then ended up to like lose sixty hours in like a month in that game, uh, and still intend to go back at some point. I just haven't yet because who has the time? Um, Sturdy Valley is, like, all of the quietness of, like, one of those Japanese farming life sims, but, like, none of the real pressures of, uh, of Harvest Moon, because, like, there's no hard limits on anything, and also none of the, like, aimless capitalist simulator that Animal Crossing can be if you're not in, if you're not into talking to weirdo villagers, uh, so much of... Uh, Stardew Valley is just kind of like finding the thing you want to double down on and doing that thing. Like for me, it was mining. Like farming was cool, I guess, but I mostly like to go and dig in the mines, and so that's what I did, and it worked out really well. So uh, the thing with Stardew Valley is like it's a year, and the year just repeats, right? Like yeah. it's not like the Harvest Moons where eventually you will die. Yeah, no, no. There's like a there's like a story mode end check in year three, but you can just like have that thing happen again anytime you want for like okay. a very minimal in-game cost because it's like if you get your farm to the like highest level by the time the check happens then you get an item but you could just have that check happen again once you get your farm to the highest level so no one cares uh also Good. the year loops are like four months long because each month is a season so like it's like while it's like a game that will eat up all the time it feels like it moves really fast but not in a way that you feel like super pressured by 
Yeah. And also, the other thing that it fixes about uh, Japan when it comes to these games is this is gay. It's very gay. It can be very gay. It can be whatever you want. Um. Uh. So the thing I like, there's a mod that makes everyone less white. Yes. That is apparently very key to the experience of the game. If you at want. least at least for me and Destiny and yep. a lot of people, like that game, like has some some representation a little bit, but like it, there are mods that will replace most of the characters with all of the representation you could ask for. No, you know what? You you can never ask for enough. None of them are robots. That's what I would want. I want to fuck the robot. <laughs> I want to, I want to fuck robot. I want to be a robot. These are both yeah. true facts. Bastion fucks 2016. <laughs> it's the only Overwatch thing I give a shit about. Bastion fucks. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. I think that game's really good. It's really special. It like introduced me to a genre that because like I find like The Sims and like Diner Dash really stressful. I never thought I would like harvest moon i thought like the endless timers would be too much for me maybe they would be but in stardew valley like the pressure's off to the point where i can actually enjoy it mm-hmm. uh speaking yeah, maybe, of which yeah speaking of which our last segment of songs before we wrap this thing up so there will be more after the break so don't you know close the file yet but we have two songs from stardew valley we have uh summer tropicala and winter nocturne of ice by concerned ape uh, because Stardew Valley was also a game made by one person. I kind of forgot about that part. Yep. Uh, which is crazy. <laughs> and now that one person's like, oh shit, I've got to port this to everything. <laughs> I mean, someone else did all that work. Oh no, I know. But it was like, it was big enough to the point where they could hire people. But man, yeah. when that game came out and then blew up and then everyone was like, where's the PS4 version? <laughs> yeah. Poor dude. He was basically like, I'm going to take a break and let someone else do this. And uh, thank you so much, everybody. And then I bet he slept for like three months. He's He seems to have done better out of this than like toby fox did <laughs> uh i don't know what happened to toby fox like no, he had music I mean, for a game this year didn't he? he he's doing stuff but the over the overwatch the undertale fandom got, it got it got messy it got messy yeah like stardew valley for better or worse better in my opinion like doesn't hit on all of the like things that like the teens would love in the same way that uh undertale does so it doesn't have like the fandom of it loves it but they love it in the same way they love like the sims they're not like stalking the creator and like making weird like ironclad rules about who has to be shipped with whom because oh, fandom God. is scary sometimes yeah like one of the things i liked about it was that uh people were saying oh this game's fairly white and what have you uh and we've there's this mod that you can change this with if you want to and like there wasn't a thing no one was like this game is bad because of the hashtag representation like though it just seems to be the the discussion around it seems to be much more chill yeah. uh and mostly just adults who had jobs could finally play this game that was chill and enjoyable and also could like change to in ways that made it even like more what they wanted it was good all around so i'm gonna play it was free on the not free it was in the humble monthly a couple months ago so i've got it now one of the things i like about it on pc is that if you want you can just totally get a thing where you're like i would like to have 300 hardwood here external program give me 300 hardwood i have it i don't have to go chop it hell yes because uh this may be a conversation for another time but uh pc games please go cheat the hell out of them that's how i play almost every pc game at this point it's it's all you need like i wouldn't i wouldn't play half as the half the games i do if i did not just cheat my way through a lot of them yep no the ability that the pc gives you to just uh choose the parts of the game you want to engage with we are very pro that we have we are not prescriptivist in terms of that stuff uh, and then the last song of this block, because we got a little ahead of ourselves, oh, is right. 
Hikari, the orchestral version from Kingdom Hearts uh, by Yoko Shimomura, based on the song, of course, by Hutada Hikaru. Hutada Hikaru is making a song for Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm so happy. Actually, we are a month away from new Kingdom Hearts being released into the world. Can you imagine the world we live in? I mean, they've kept releasing new Kingdom Hearts. Like, the last thing was a few years ago. But it's they... been a while. It was, it was in the 3DS. It was like 2012. Yeah. That's four I guess that's years four... ago. Yeah, but like Kingdom Hearts 2 was 2005. That was, or... that's, that's three Final Fantasy 13s ago. Oh, <laughs> oh play the song, play the music. <laughs>
and here we are at the end. I hope you've enjoyed our end of the year podcast. Uh, we're going to be back in 2017 with new games for you. Yes. Jackson, what are we playing next month? Next month, we are playing Tomb Raider uh, Underworld is the specific game, but it is also us talking a lot about Tomb Raider. I'm playing Rise of Tomb Raider as we speak. I'm going Tomb- to be playing Underworld. I, I have played Legend uh, at, like a year and a half ago. I was like, I'm going to play Legend. We should do this at some point. And you said, we'll do Underworld when we're done all of them. We're not going to play them in a row because we'll go insane. We'll just take breaks between them. But we'll have all played the Tomb Raider and we'll be here to talk about Raiden Tombs. Tomb Raider Underworld plus and minus two is how we're going to call that, I guess. Because, yeah, I want to talk about all the Crystal Crystal Dynamics games, which is Legend, which, uh, spoiler, is secretly the best one of these, probably. Uh, uh, Tomb Raider Anniversary, which is, no, it's not the worst, but whatever. No, no, come on. Underworld, which is good. Uh, I've already finished it, but, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, That's, like, ostensibly the anchor game here, but, you know. Uh, Tomb Raider 2013, which is a steaming pile of garbage. Yes. And uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is maybe maybe the best Tomb Raider game. We'll see. Yeah, I'm so excited to play a version of Tomb Raider 2013 that like keeps those ideas, but makes it into a game that doesn't make me so angry about yep. everything that has happened to video games. Yep. There is one combat encounter like deep into that game that is like the one time I was like, oh, I get why people like these kind of third person action games now that aren't like CAGs. Mm hmm. It was so good. I can't wait. Maybe maybe you won't even notice, but it, I thought it was like singular. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, I'll I, I I will let you know if I notice. I probably won't because I've played so much more of those games. Yeah, that I'm kind of numb to that stuff. But yeah, please be excited for that. I like that we are ditching next year the naming conventions of the things because we're just going to name them the game so you can find them easier. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be called Tomb Raider Underworld Plus Minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus minus two. Uh, yep. Look, um, yeah, no, I we. It's one of the things like I'm actually really loath to give up because I love giving these episodes stupid names, but I feel like it might help people listen to our episodes if they knew what the hell they were about because it's actually kind of hard to find that out. Yeah, one of the things in the behind sausage kind of talk is that when we like think about this podcast and what it is and what like the space it holds is like we we watch a bunch of Aaron Signet videos and we think of game clubs as similar to that. Like they're obviously a little longer and more uh, just discursive, but um they are deep dives onto one game or a series and so i'm going to start putting them on youtube and they're like going to be easier to find with that name so anyone who's like i want to see someone talk about this game can see us do that all the people googling tomb raider underworld shout out to you hello <laughs> also what are you doing what are you doing it's 2016 go play a different game <laughs> well this i think this is why no one listens to our podcast go play tomb raider legend go play an older game it's better <laughs> Or go play Rise of the Tomb Raider. Like, I bet more people, like, more people probably played Tomb Raider Underworld than Rise the Tomb Raider, right? Like, that's probably the sad truth. No, no way. (laughs) Tomb Raider Underworld, like, no one played that game. Yeah, I don't don't actually. That was the same year as Gears of War 2. Okay. God fucking Christ. Oh, I feel so old. (laughs) Blown away. I'm Google trending comparing Tomb Raider Underworld with Tomb Raider Legend right now. Hang on. This is how we end this. Okay. Uh, if you would like if you would like to uh talk to us you can send us uh emails at podcastabnormalmapping.com nobody sends us emails we'd love to get them um please respond to this or tell us about what's your play whatever you want i don't really care you send me a thing that's ostensibly about games we'll read it and talk about it um 
please try not to make them stupid, like open-ended questions we can't answer or weird comparisons. Like they're funny, but we get them a lot. Um, we're not the bomb cast. Come on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. I almost gave my old Twitter handle because that's where we're at today. Uh, I've, I'm going on four hours of sleep, so I have an excuse. Uh, Jackson, where can people find you? You can find me at headfullsoff uh, on on Twitter, and like that's mostly it. Like I did other stuff. It's like there were other podcasts. There are no longer other podcasts for now. There will be yeah, again. There, in the future. there will be again. Um, the ones in future podcast. Uh, <laughs> There is a YouTube channel. You go to YouTube, you type in abnormal mapping, you'll get our YouTube channel. Um, I I know Jackson's thinking about bringing back Mega Man uh, eventually in a couple weeks, probably. Yep. And I am thinking about bringing back doing some Let's Plays because uh, I want to replay Sam and Max seasons one and three, one through three, not one and three. Um, and I think it'd be fun to just do that on a on a video. Nice. Yeah. Let me know when you do, when you do those because I would like like to play them. Not at, not at the same time or for a club, but uh, that gives me an excuse. Uh, that's it. Uh, stay safe in this uh, winter and the fucking disaster that is going to be 2017. Um, hug your friends. Uh, love your family and eat good food because we're all gonna die. I don't know. I have nothing. Uh, Happy New Year, Jackson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Forgot and never brought to mind Should old acquaintance be forgot On days of old lang syne Poor old lang syne, my dear Oh.